Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport. David Sheehan with you until 5 o'clock. Now the new League of Ireland season is almost upon us and managers up and down the country have been frantically trying to add the finishing touches to their squads in recent weeks. The same applies on the administrative side of the game and the man in charge is Trim Native and League of Ireland director Mark Scanlon. I caught up with Mark on Friday to discuss his role and the challenges facing the league. So, Mark, for people that don't that don't know you, you're you're from Trim. How does a Trim man find himself as the LOI director? How did that come about? Uh, yeah, I've been from Trim all my life. Um, lived lived in Trim, played football with Trim Celtic as a kid, and got involved in coaching. Then, as a 16 year old, coaching my little brother's team, and um, really got a love for coaching at that point, and, and started to do a little bit of work as an auxiliary coach for the FAI and things like uh, summer camps and emerging talent program um, at that stage as well. So uh, really just fell in love with that side of the game as well and seeing what I could do to to try and improve it. And when I was in university in, in UCD, done a degree in sports management. So uh, it was always an ambition to try work in sport full time and was lucky enough back in 2008 to uh, get the newly created post of development officer in Mead, um, which was obviously my home area and a very area that I was passionate about improving and developing and uh, worked there for seven years and progressed then into work with schools and colleges football for five years after that on a national role, which was, again, hugely enjoyable and a great experience to work on a, a national level at that point. And um, thankfully then got the opportunity to, to move into the role of uh, League of Ireland director uh, back in 2020 so it's a sort of lifelong ambition of mine as well as a, a League of Ireland fan since a kid and uh, been at League of Ireland games since I was brought up by my dad and my granddad and, and my uncle as a kid so I've always always been a League of Ireland fan and over 30 years as a fan now it's great to, to have the opportunity to to try and improve the league and work on this side of things. Yeah and you know plenty plenty of work for you to do I'm sure Um it's it look. It's been well documented the issues that the league had, and and you know pr- previous um, administrators and the FEI mightn't have been huge fans of the league. That's all been well documented. When you come in, is one of the biggest tasks you have to to win back the trust of not just the clubs and and the people involved in the clubs, but the fans as well. Because there's that famous quote about the the difficult child and all kind of stuff. But all that kind of thing feeds into a narrative that the FEI maybe don't care about the league like they should. So it was part of your job to to win back trust essentially across the board. Yeah, I think that works sort of twofold because, um, you know, definitely the clubs was was obviously the immediate concern and working with the clubs, building that relationship, sort of finding out 
some of their frustrations maybe from the past, some of their plans and ideas. And then um, the fans is obviously is a harder one and a longer term one because they won't see necessarily all the, the work that's going on behind the scenes in, in the early days. So uh, I think we've done a lot of that. I think we've been very successful uh, building our relationship with the clubs in the last two years in particular. We've we've worked on a, a massive amount of things off the field in terms of changes to player registration regulations, disciplinary regulations, rules around the league. We've obviously rebranded the league uh, now as well. We've developed the streaming platform on LOA TV. So we've done a lot of work behind the scenes and everything off the pitch that we can do with the clubs. And hopefully uh, bit by bit, as as we're improving the standards and as we're improving the whole structure around the league, that uh, the fans will see the work that's gone on. And there, there is a real passion here from myself and from the wider team uh, within the league department and from the association in general. Like we've massive support from our CEO, Jonathan Hill towards the League of Ireland uh, huge support from the FAI board there as well and, and all my colleagues across the association so uh, I think certainly the fans will will see that there's a real shift in mentality towards that and a real focus being put on the league now Yeah and I think you know you touched on some of the things there that, that have improved massively um, there are still I guess and these can't be fixed overnight but you know issues with stadiums and you know players going for, for a small fee all those sort of things if I gave you a magic wand right now and you could fix one issue in the league that, that causes you sleepless nights what would that be? I think definitely the facilities um, you know it's, it's it's been well documented at this stage and we've spoke about it on a number of occasions that the stadiums themselves not being fit for purpose really um, holds back a lot of what we can do and progress around the league because you know, we've seen massive uh, increases in attendances last year, which was fantastic. I mean, you've seen the, the increases in the draw the United attendances, for example, when we released that back in, in December, uh, 29% across the board in the Premier Division and 135% in the First Division as well. So it's been a huge increase. But one of the issues then that comes with that is is we're now running out capacity in a lot of stadiums. So sold out signs are, are great. But when we have fans waiting to get in and get involved and Places like Daly Mount Park and in the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium uh, games last year, even in, in Tallah Stadium, which is obviously our biggest and, and probably newest stadium that's there as well. So when we see sold out signs there, we know that uh, we're heading in the right direction, first of all, but we know that we've, we've got to be able to make sure that we can meet the demand. Uh, and right now, the, the supply doesn't meet the demand that's there and the stadiums aren't fit for purpose. So, so that's certainly a huge focus, but uh, unfortunately, that's not a short term fix. Uh, that's one that's going to take a little bit of time, but it is very encouraging to see the plans that a lot of the, the clubs have in terms of their stadium developments. Uh, we've been working with them on that as well. And, and now we, we really need that increased investment into, into the facilities because once we have that and the fans start to come, uh, then we're going to obviously generate a lot more revenue into the clubs. Uh, hopefully the stadiums themselves then are a lot more fit for purpose for, for broadcast and all the additional commercial revenue, all the additional gate receipts, the additional broadcast revenue really helps us create that full-time football industry. And once we have that, we're obviously creating jobs within the clubs themselves. We're encouraging a lot more players to stay here at home and develop their football careers here. And I don't see any reason why in the long term that we can't do that. And the young players who are in our academy right now, uh, starting with Drahda and Dundalk's under-14 teams in this coming season, I don't see why by the time they get to, to a senior level that we'll have a really strong, uh, vibrant football industry in this country. Yeah, and it it always feels to me like a bit of a vicious cycle. And so far as you know, the clubs the clubs aren't making enough money to to be able to redevelop stadiums because maybe they're not getting enough money for for players. The prize money, obviously, is something as well that, that that has been touched on before. But it's a very hard cycle to break, I, I would imagine, because unless things drastically change overnight, which of course are not going to, how can clubs start to generate enough income to, to be able to try and put plans in place and to pay for, for stadium renovations? And again, we're not talking about 
building a 70,000 seater here. But is that, a, is that a bit of a quandary for you and for the clubs to try and to break that cycle of where, you know, the income is, is constantly like at a low level and to, to get out of that and develop stadiums is, is quite difficult to do, even allowing for government grants and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, look, certainly it's not a short-term fix. And, um, you know, if we if we thought it was going to be, then, you know, we'd be barking up the wrong tree on that one. But we have to look at it in the long term and we have to say what's best for Irish football in the future. And it's something that we'll do bit by bit. And we've done a huge amount of work already. You know, in the last few years, we've already seen a huge increase. We've seen a huge increase in, in the um, gate receipts, as you said, coming in, the fans coming into the ground, the revenue that the clubs are generating. And there's a few key areas that we can target outside of that. So, we briefly mentioned LOI TV earlier on as an example, like having our own streaming service is something that wasn't available uh, for most of us who grew up as, as League of Ireland fans. You know, your own radio station has done a fantastic job over the years of keeping fans uh, up to date on the games by your live broadcasts on Friday nights from uh, from both Drada and from Dundalk games. Um, but that hasn't always been the case for, for other areas around the country and fans, maybe if they couldn't get to the game um, weren't able to be involved with LOI TV now uh, that's there there's an opportunity to generate revenue via that as well that's not going to generate huge revenues though is it I mean I know last season it, I, th- I think I'm right in saying it turned a profit but the money that the clubs are getting out of that and this and this is no criticism of LOI TV and I suppose I should declare my own interest in so far as I'm a commentator on the service as well but that's never going to be a huge revenue driver in terms of make, like making a difference to clubs in terms of what they can do really is it? Well, I do think it has potential to to generate significantly more revenue than we get from current broadcast revenues, for example. So when we're in that market, uh, streaming is obviously an area that we've seen uh, a lot of leagues in Europe capitalize on a lot of other sports uh, in the US, for example, the likes of the NBA streaming service. Uh, the MLS have just gone down with Apple TV. So obviously we know and we're aware of the markets that that we're dealing in. But I do think it is a significant opportunity that we have um, that wasn't there a few years ago. So it's certainly one area that we're, we're keen to target. And we'd encourage as many football fans across the country to purchase uh, the season pass this year to, to put that money into their local clubs and to generate the revenue. Um, and all of that then starts to, to generate a wider interest in the league itself. When there's a wider interest there, the audience figures are bigger. When we have these things to present to commercial sponsors, for example, to government, then it really helps our business case when we're looking for additional sponsorship, additional uh, government funding, UEFA, FIFA funding, um, all the various different areas that we can target uh, to increase that. And and every single year, we'll set our targets in terms of the additional revenue we'd like to try and generate. uh, And the clubs will obviously do the same. And, And bit by bit, we can see the improvements. And I'm hoping that... Um, in five to ten years, we look back at, at where we started in 2020 and see where the improvements were and the longer term plans will will come together. Um, by that stage, hopefully we will have the improved stadiums and infrastructure across the country as well. And, and I'm quite confident that we'll get there. We're certainly heading in the right direction. Um, if we weren't, that would be a problem. So if we weren't increasing the interest and if the league was stagnant where it was, then that's a much more difficult task. But the fact that we're on an upward trajectory at the minute, uh, I don't think there's any reason why that can't continue in the future. Just in terms of LOITV, as you mentioned it there, the season passes back this season. It wasn't there last year. I think it was seven euros per match to watch a game, an individual game. Does the season pass coming back basically reduce your prospects of, of turning the profit on it? Because obviously it's a it's 120 quid that covers all the matches. So you would have made a lot more, I would imagine, on an individual game basis. Having said that, you're trying to cater to, to fans. You're trying to maybe reduce the, the amount of people that are watching games on illegal streams. So is that, a, is that a difficult balancing act? You want to bring in the season pass, but that can that ultimately may impact on the revenue. 
Yeah, it's certainly one that was considered uh, last year in the first place by the clubs. There was obviously two considerations last year. One was the revenue generation to make sure that LOITV would be profitable and could certainly uh, pay all its own costs. And secondly, then, was how would it affect attendances? Um, so thankfully, on both of them last year, we've seen positive reactions. So we've seen an increase in attendances um, despite having the streaming service. So people didn't just sit at home and watch it. Um, so hopefully that means we we targeted a newer audience or, or genuine fans who just couldn't get to specific games. Uh, and secondly, we obviously made a profit, um, which was great because all that profit uh, is generated back into the clubs, um, which is it gives them an opportunity, obviously, to further uh, develop uh, their own clubs. And then it gives us an opportunity to further develop the platform. So hopefully this year with the season pass, you know, we know already that we've over 200,000 registered footballers in this country. Uh, we know how many people... Um, if you look at the TV ratings for the likes of the World Cup, for example, and you know, kind of a million people watching a, a World Cup game during December, so we know there's a huge interest in football in this country, uh, the most played, most watched sport in the country. So there's no reason why, if uh, if the football fans in the country get behind LOI TV as a service and help us invest into it by purchasing the season pass, uh, then we can keep improving the platform as we go on. Um, and then obviously again that generates money uh, back into the clubs, which is which is much needed revenue for them to have. So I think like that's our plea to the fans this year and the football fans across the country is 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 to get involved, is to purchase the season pass and and uh, to try help us grow grow and develop the platform and in turn grow and develop the league. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. One other co- topic of conversation that comes up time and again, and it's not a recent thing, it's been going on for years, is the value that players depart League of Ireland clubs when they go to the UK for when the money maybe isn't what it should be. And I remember maybe last year there was a conversation around this. I can't remember what exact which transfer it was that sparked the, the, the debate to kick off again, but 
there was this kind of fanciful notion, I thought, that clubs could all come together and maybe work together to make sure there was maybe a minimum amount in in terms of buyout clauses because it, it sort of seems that maybe agents are insisting on on low numbers being put into contracts so players can leave for a pittance. Is there anything, whether it's the clubs together, whether it's the clubs along with the FAI, realistically speaking, is there anything that can be done to, to change that situation where clubs are are losing players for what they would deem to be very small amounts of money? Look, again, it's a it's a difficult one to try and tackle because you said agents are a big player in the game, and um, you know the young players themselves will always want that opportunity if they maybe don't have a, an opportunity to play full time football here, that they have an opportunity to play it elsewhere. So it's a difficult balance and act to get right. But um, certainly, the first initial part for us is education of the clubs themselves, uh, so that they understand the value of the players and they understand their rights and what it is. So we've done a huge amount of work of that with the clubs. Um, and we've been able to assist them in, in the help with any of uh, transfer questions that they may have had or any questions around player compensation because it's probably not widely reported enough across the country or known um, what the difference is, I suppose, between a player leaving as a free agent domestically in this country and, and they run out of contract and they move from one club to another and then what the difference is when they move uh, jurisdiction to another country. So FIFA have uh, a very prescriptive training compensation that's in place already Quite often, the clubs will negotiate with a, with a club overseas on that because it's quite a high figure. Um, but they'll be able to get themselves a, a decent chunk of training compensation. So the club shouldn't be worried about a player um, running out of contract and leaving and going elsewhere. Um, and really, the worst thing that they can do is, is put in some of them smaller get-out clauses because quite often the compensation figure is actually bigger than the get-out clause. Um, so it's a matter of the clubs really just being educated in that area, which we've tried to do. And secondly, being a little bit more confident uh, in themselves and, and their own ability uh, to develop and train the players and what they've actually put in for it. But all of this comes on the backdrop that most of our League of Ireland clubs haven't been used to dealing with young players and transfers. So if I take Drody United as an example, they sold William Hondermark back in, I think maybe 2019 was the first player that the club had sold in over 30 years. Uh, at that stage so it, you know they hadn't been used to to training uh, compensation hadn't been used to transfer negotiations whereas in the last couple of years since then they've sold a number of players uh, both here domestically and overseas as well so the clubs are, are starting to get used to what the international business of football transfers is all about now and that comes from the fact that they now have academies and young players in from 14, 15 years of age in the club um, so as they get used to that as there's more full-time structures within the club um, then more and more of the clubs will get used to, to knowing how, how the transfer market works and they'll get a better value for their players because uh, it's certainly something that we're very keen to do and, and some of the clubs who've done it successfully, um, you know, obviously the most high-profile examples being the likes of Gavin Bazunu with Shamrock Rovers and how uh, they managed to get a, a really good transfer fee for, for Gavin when he played as a 16-year-old in Europe at that stage and, and then thankfully a, a good sell-on clause again when uh, when Gavin left Man City to go to Southampton so uh, it is a real part of the football industry and it's about how um, the clubs can actually capitalise on that and, and maximise it to make sure that they're, they're generating revenue for themselves um, and understanding the value that's there for the time and effort they've put into the young players development Yeah, I wonder were Bohemians raging that Matt Doherty's contract was cancelled during the week when he moved to uh, Atletico and there was no more money coming their way from that move they might have got a few quid out of it but um, but yeah, it's a really interesting one and and hopefully things will continue to improve just as you mentioned uh, the stadium situation earlier we know the FAI own Weavers Park as it is now heading the game park as it was last season United Park as it would be more commonly known to people I spoke to Conor Hoy about this several times in the past few years and Obviously, Drogheda are keen to move as, and Dundalk are obviously keen to do work on their stadium. But just focusing on Drogheda because I know the FAI own that stadium. Is there any update on that of any significance that you can give us around, around United Park? 
I think conversations are still ongoing and um, you know we have a, a great relationship with the club and with Connor and Joanna uh, has come in now obviously in the last few months as well uh, Hubert Murphy's been doing a huge amount of work behind the scenes in this as well so uh, we have had conversations with the club uh, and with the council um, we've certainly looked at a number of different sites that we think would be a possibility for a new stadium to be in the future and we're fully supportive of, of the plans that the clubs have presented the club have uh, presented to us which I think is very impressive uh, also very realistic as well because uh, that's the real key some of the, the stadium plans maybe um, that we've seen before from clubs haven't really been realistic um, this is certainly a phased approach and what the club have planned uh, so if it comes to fruition uh, we'll certainly be fully supportive of that uh, and our interest in the stadium um, will also be uh, invested into the, the interest in the new stadium as well. So, so we're fully supportive of that. And we've had talks here uh, internally ourselves within the association um, and, and with the club and with the council, and we'll continue to do so. Just on that, though, you, you know, you said there you own the stadium and that any of your interest in that would go towards the new stadium. And I appreciate that this is quite a hypothetical in terms of when that might happen. But what? how does it look from the FAI's perspective? You own... You know, you own the stadium. Okay, the stadium itself is obviously falling apart, really. But this, where it's located is it would be quite a you know a valuable piece of land. So how does that work? Like clearly, the FAI aren't just going to write out, write that off and go, yeah, you can have it for nothing, or you can take the money from that and put in it to your new the new stadium. You presumably would have to take a, a share of that yourselves, right? You wouldn't just be writing it off as a as a free transfer, so to speak. Yeah, well, look, obviously, at this moment in time, them conversations are confidential and private right now in terms of uh, what's happening with the stadium. But I, I can uh, assure you that if anything does happen in regards to the current plans that are there, that the, the fans of, of Drody and United will be very pleased with the scenario and the outcome uh, that will happen. But we're, we're very supportive of it. Um, everybody is in here. Our CEO, Jonathan Hill, as I mentioned earlier on, on the board as well, are very supportive of that. Our, our main aim here is how we can help clubs uh, improve their stadium across the country and anything we can do to help uh, including some of the stadiums that that we're we're involved in the ownership, and um, the reason we're involved in the ownership in any of these stadiums is the, is the clubs were about to go bust at the time or about to lose the stadium. So our key interest at the time when we took over any any of the stadiums we're involved in is to make sure they stayed involved in football, um, and that they weren't lost to football. So so that's why we stepped in when we did, um, and that's why we have uh, an ownership on the stadiums and certainly going forward, um, whether they're long term lease agreements, whether they're sale of grounds, the various different models across the country for, for the stadiums we're involved in. Uh, the key for us will be making sure it's upgraded and fit for purpose for the fans for the future. Just And just one final question on that, on that in terms of, I guess, it applies to Oriel as well in terms of their plans. But do you have any, do you have any timeline in mind or is there anything in, in terms of when we might see some movement on, on either uh, United Park, whenever that might happen, or Oriel? Is there any kind of timeline you could maybe confidently say in two or three years, one or both clubs will have will have plans uh, drawn up or will have maybe even a stadium built? Yeah, I think that they're very different scenarios, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, the ownership models, obviously, at both of the grounds as well, but uh, certainly talked to the owners at Dundalk and, and to the full-time staff there as well at Dundalk and Martin Connolly is the general manager there. We obviously be in constant contact about that and trying to make the improvements. I think uh, the guys came in last year um, when they took back over the club and, and made some small improvements in some of the areas, for example, to benefit the fans, like a big screen and um, simple little things like that were a huge difference straight away and adds to the match day atmosphere. So, um, yeah, certainly there's a... Uh, there's, there's certainly plans to improve uh, both. I said very different conversations will go on around both of the stadiums, but uh, I would be, be quietly confident that there'll, there'll be some news at some point in, in 2023, at least, uh, in terms of where that's going, particularly around um, around Drotty United and, and Weavers Park. So uh, hopefully it's something we'll have a, a further update on at some stage this year. Great. Well, we keep our, our ears open for that one. Just finally, 
uh, league kicking off in a couple of weeks' time. Back into it again. Back into losing losing my Friday nights every every Friday anywhere for the next few months, which is great because we all love it. Is it busy? Is it the busiest time of the year for you? I know you're a busy probably 24-7-365, but is the is the preseason and the lead into the new season? And we know you've rebranded this year and it looks great. Um, is this the busiest time of the of the season for you as a LOI director? Uh, I think I haven't had a normal season yet. That's been the problem. Uh, so it's been busy really right since we took over in 2020 because we took over uh, at the time when the league wasn't even running um, due to COVID. So it was a difficulty getting the league back up and running. And if you remember that first season in 2020, uh, ran right into late November and our academy leagues into December. We finished up on the 23rd of December, actually with an under 15 final down in, in Adlone. Uh, and from there, we ran straight into conversations of how we would even fund and get the league up and running in 2021. So that rolled straight into uh, a season that was delayed and started slightly later in March, which ran again till the end of November uh, and straight into a similar problem for the start of the 2022 season. So really, I'm, I'm just looking forward to hopefully uh, a season without uh, COVID issues this year, full fans back in stadiums and hopefully uh, get into that bit of a, a routine for us because the off season has been particularly busy this year. Uh, you mentioned the rebrand, obviously, which we've done. It's been hugely important for us to uh, to rebrand the league and bring, obviously, the uh, Women's National League under the same banner as the League of Ireland now, as the Women's Premier Division. Um, we've obviously um, have our title sponsorship with SSE Electricity across all three divisions uh, and how important that was to get all that work done in the off-season. And we had a huge programme of education and engagement with the clubs in the off-season as well, various different conferences and workshops that we've been rolling out across all the different uh, voluntary roles that that personnel in the club do and obviously some in paid positions so it's been really busy uh, but we're nearly there season launch on Wednesday which we're very much looking forward to uh, next Wednesday and then we kick off obviously with the President's Cup and uh, Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium next Friday so uh, that's obviously a, a curtain raiser event and the last couple of seasons has been a really good game uh, we're expecting a sellout crowd in the stadium next week for, for Derry City and Shamrock Rovers for that one and then the season kicks off on the 17th so I'm looking forward to the same as yourself to getting back out around the stadiums and being around the grounds because um, that's what it's all about. That's what we put the work in for the year and to see that buzz and excitement on a match night, that's the part where it doesn't feel like work when you're out at a football game and you're enjoying it and um, seeing the buzz um, that's there in, in, in the stadiums and certainly the two uh, the two clubs that in your area with Drawdy United and Dundalk, both in the Premier Division this year, obviously the, the local derbies, the Jim Malone Cup uh, this weekend, obviously as well. So that's going to be a, a big game for the two clubs. And then, um, you know, going into the season as well, then, then derby games are obviously key games. But uh, both clubs will have ambitions to, to perform even better than they did last year. I'm sure Dundalk and Stevie O'Donnell will be uh, have a title challenge in their sights. So certainly a cup win, uh, bring some silverware back. They did an incredible job last year as well. And then I think Kevin done a remarkable job last year um, in how the team performed and some really big wins against some big teams last year uh, as well for the club. So again, Kevin will, will be hoping to have a similar season, I think, again this year and, and maybe might have a sneaky look at a, at a cup run as well to try and target uh, Drotty United get back to the Aviva Stadium, which would be great to see. Absolutely. I'll certainly second that. Listen, Mark, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're on top of your head there uh, this week getting ready for the new season. Thanks so much for talking to us. And I'm sure I'll see you out and about uh, at a ground or two over the season. We will indeed. Thanks for having me on. See you soon. LMFM Sunday Sport. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 